The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello, my friends. Hello. Just called to let you know that we have another awesome episode. <laughs> That's what we want you to know. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Neil Diamond Fowdy. This is Linnell Zowie. Hi, Lynn. Jules, I don't know that song. Shut up. You do not know Neil Diamond jazz singer? Hello again? Maybe if I heard him sing it? <laughs> I cannot believe that. <gasps> Lynn, am I that old? This is sacrilegious. Well, it might be that you're that off key. I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to have to go to Spotify and look up the song. Oh, we need to hear from my dope village. If they knew what that song was, please. Fair enough. Give me some hope. Oh my gosh. Okay, on to our episode. We have our first twofer for the season. Mm -hmm. Two for one with guests, which is very exciting. And this is a unique twofer. This episode is with USA Women's Olympic Volleyball team captain, Jordan Larson, along with Sue Inquest, who was a consultant for that Olympic volleyball team for the Tokyo Olympics. And we focus a lot of this interview around the idea of building team culture. One of my favorite topics. But first, a bit more about both of these phenomenal women. Jordan Larson is a three-time Olympic volleyball player. She won silver at the 2012 London Games, bronze at the 2016 Games in Rio, and then finally got that gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics this past summer. And Jordan was named Best Outside Hitter and MVP of the Tokyo Games. Yes, she was Jordan Larson. She played college volleyball at Nebraska, leading the Huskers to a national championship in 2006, and has played professionally in Puerto Rico, Russia, Turkey, and even in China. Now to Sue Inquist. She's a legend, capital L legend, in the world of softball. And her illustrious career coaching at UCLA, Sue won 10 national championships, she produced 65 All-Americans, 15 Olympians. She also played softball at UCLA and is the only person in NCAA softball history to win both a national championship as a head coach and player. After retiring from coaching in 2006, Sue became a sought-after speaker and consultant on high performance, team cohesion, and individual mastery, and you'll understand why soon. Hence, the softball and volleyball worlds collided in the best possible way. So, get comfortable listening. It's Jordan and Sue. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women and every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Joy in life. 
How's it going? Hi, Dorlin. Jordan. Hello, Jordan. Hi, Miss Enquist. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's good to see your voice. See your face. Just... I mean, here we go. Oh, I like your little jar. Is one o'clock too early for a cocktail? Yeah. Uh, this is coffee. A uh, couple shots of coffee. Sure it is. <laughs> we, ha we have a very serious podcast, Jordan. I it is going to be a shit show from start to finish, essentially. <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> All right, should we do this? Jordan, first of all, I see that you're living your best life ever. Holy hell, sister. Okay, uh, Olympic gold medal. Hello, first one Hello. ever for women's volleyball player. And then I just saw inducted into University of Nebraska's Hall of Fame. You're throwing out the first pitch at like every major league baseball stadium in California, I feel like. Uh, oh, you got married. <laughs> <laughs> this is all in like the last three hours too. Come on. I know it's it's been gnarly. I uh, my husband and I were like last week. It was like the first week and we didn't have anything going on. And it was like both of us were like oh, just like all of a sudden just take this massive deep breath because it's been go 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 go. But it's been so much fun. Do do you even know how to take a deep breath and and settle in? No, yeah, no, I don't. It's weird. <laughs> you just go. You know that's life. That's what you do. And yeah, but it's been great. I don't know how I'm gonna top. I'm gonna top this last month. I really don't. I mean. Sue's trying to teach me mechanics, you know, or watching the baseball game, you know, she's like, when you see this now, this is what you got to do, you know? And, uh, so I'm, I'm learning all the ins and outs of softball and it was fun. It's been Susie fun. Q, you were at, were you at both those games, the angels and the Dodgers where she threw out the pitch? I was at the angel game when she threw some nice chin music. I mean, she looks like such a pro super proud of her. <laughs> yeah. Would you rate her form on a scale of one to 10? What would you say? Oh, she's 10. She's, 10. she's ready to transfer over into softball. She's master yeah. volleyball. There you yeah. go. Now we're going to get her into the sport that's a leveler, right? Because <laughs> nobody exits softball with their confidence intact. <laughs> <laughs> if you hit 0.250%, you are a very successful baseball softball. It is a game of failure. That's the game we actually used to play after the Olympics is which sport would I go to next for my next oh. Olympic adventure? Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. Jordan. Um, I would say that either softball or golf. I got really into golf in quarantine. Mm. And man, that tests your patience. And it's like, why is this so hard to make contact and for it to go straight? It shouldn't be that hard. It doesn't look that hard, but it's very hard. Beers help. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. They do. <laughs> I once I have two LPGA dear friends, Beth Daniel and Meg Mallon, who are Hall of Famers and name drop. They don't drink when they play. I was like, what is wrong with you two? <laughs> like for fun, you don't even drink when you're playing for fun. I mean, I guess I get it when you're playing LBGA, but come on, crack yeah. them open. Okay, so the first thing we always do on the podcast is we have you guys set the scene, where you are, what you're doing, all that stuff. So, um, so you go first and then we'll go to Jordan next. Oh, I'm in my, I'm in my living room. And uh, in San Clemente, California. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable right now. Go San Clemente. My neighbor, Julie Fowdy. Yeah, if you see her view, you'd, you'd never want to leave. That's for sure. I know. I am currently in Calabasas, near Calabasas, uh, California, in my office, in my house. It's great. My dog's in the other room taking a nap. So life is good. We have a tradition on the podcast that when we have teammates on, we have the teammates introduce one another, and I think both of you qualify as teammates here. Mm -hmm. So what I'm looking for is a brief bio of each other, your role with USA Volleyball, and most importantly, describe each other as people. Oh, it's, I don't know if I can do Sue justice. This is tough. Mm. Okay. You got this. So we have the honor of uh, being in the house uh, in the presence of greatness today, and that's Miss Sue Inquist. She was... Um, a uh, lifetime coach at UCLA, a uh, softball coach, uh, and was a stud there and decided to kind of take a break because she had won everything. So she's like, oh, I need a new challenge. So mm -hmm. she got into consulting and she jumped on a, a Zoom call with us about a year and a half ago, our USA national team. And we decided to bring her on and we loved her so much. So she's been consulting and helping us work on team cohesion and team culture. It's been great. Oh. Nice. 
Thanks, Jordan. Can I go? <laughs> Your turn, too. <laughs> Please meet Jordan Larson, who is volleyball's probably most respected individual in the game. I'm going to go with the person part first. Uh, most respected because um, what an individual of character. I think that's the first thing I think about and humility. She has won everything at every level on a team mm -hmm. and an indiv individual basis. So she stands alone in the sport based on what she's done. I think what I love about her the most um, and my relationship with her is as a player on the national team, because I'm a consultant, is her ability to remain so grateful to every opportunity, even when you have someone like her and you got a million interviews and she's always intentional and she's always present. And I have a tremendous mm -hmm. amount of respect for that because I think a lot of people get to the top and just being at the top is annoying. And I just really value that about her from day one. Um, I always say to Jordan, you know, I uh, can take the girl out of Nebraska, but you can never take Nebraska out of the girl. And uh, that's a, probably one of the biggest compliments I can give her. Mm, that's so good. So grateful, always intentional and always present. Yeah. That's hard too, especially when you've been in it this long. Yeah. I applaud you, Jordan. High words of praise. I know. She crushed it. it. It seems fitting that your worlds would collide on a Zoom given our last year and, a, year and a half. But tell us about that Zoom call and when you guys first met. Either one of you can start. I want to hear from both of you, though. Uh, goodness. Uh, I'll start because uh, we, we as a team, we decided to obviously try to meet once a week uh, on the national team. And Karch did a good job. Um, Julie, you came on and spoke to us about team culture and how you were as a team. And we just had all these kind of guest appearance. Billie Jean came on one week and it was really great. And then we ended up with Sue. Sue was going to be our last one. And she was friends with our, one of our assistant coach and she just comes on and she's just, you know, sometimes on the zoom calls, we're just all like, Bleh. and all of a sudden she just comes in hot, you know, just like left and right. Just like, I don't know, cussing a little bit, you know, but a like, little, haven't, come on, I, I, I know, better than that. but just so intentional and you wanted to pay attention. A lot of us got off that, uh, that zoom call and I had a teammate reach out to me. She's like, cause she was talking about uh, exercise that she did with one of her teams in the past about trying to build team culture and team cohesion. And we didn't feel like super great as a team, like super connected. And we're like, Hey, let's, let's try what she's talking about. You know? So we mm -hmm. got together and started trying. And then I was like, I'm just going to reach out to her and see if she'll jump on a zoom with us. And Sue like was like, sure, why not? You know? So she jumps on a, on a zoom call and then it really just kind of started from there. So but we like had to like have her like on these calls because she just was so, I don't know, like it made you want to buy into something and you didn't even know what you were buying into. You're just like, where are you going? We want to be a part of it. So <laughs> wherever you're going, I'm jumping in. <laughs> and to give some context, this would have been perhaps at the beginning of quarantine when the 2020 Olympics were in question. You weren't quite sure what was happening yet. So the team was just getting on Zooms and yes. being, being with one another virtually. And yep, ex exactly. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know what time. Do you remember the date exactly, Sue? I don't remember. I know it was like, um, it was like April. Yeah. May, so we right still were kind of in this like weird, like, what are we doing? But we could be in the gym at any moment. We still didn't know. So we just tried to be really intentional with our time. And our coaches tried to use this time as like a learning period. Like, Hey, if we're going to have it, let's try to take it and learn and have these people on, on, uh, on the zoom. So uh, it was, it was really good. Uh, Suze? I, I just got on and I just thought we were going to have conversation, but I think when I speak to some of Jordan's teammates, I think it was also, um, oh, this is interesting. Let's just, let's see what else she's got. Kind of. I didn't realize that. I thought it was like, they've got questions they need answered and maybe I can help. But uh -huh. I think it was also just, Hey, do we want her to possibly maybe be a part right? I had no idea. I had no mm -hmm. idea at that point. And then I got a call from Karch at that point. So a lot of people think Karch, because we're Bruins, Karch, Karch and I. Karch Karai is the head coach, for those who don't follow USA Volleyball. Yes. Yep. He just said, would you consider consulting? And I said, um, and I always say this, I always say, I'm not sure, because I need to know where I think I can help and where the where are the needs. 
And so I said, well, I'll certainly jump on at that point and see what's holding them back and maybe I can help. So that's how it started. So Jordan, to give further context, you were going into your third Olympics. You had one silver in 2012, bronze in 2016. The USA women's volleyball team had never won gold. And you, yet heaps of talent and, and having been in this space before where you just know that, okay, something needs to change and, and we need to do something different. What was going through your mind at that moment in terms of what you needed to be different? I don't know if I knew what was going to be different. I just was willing to put in whatever that what whatever it was going to be, you know? And so like, uh, I think because when Sue came on and, you know, you meet people in your life and like all of a sudden you just like, they get it. Like they, like she gets like high performance. She gets like how teams operate. She, I don't know. It's just what the language, the language in which she was speaking, even on the zoom call, like I was like, this lady knows what she's doing. Like we just have to have her in some capacity. And so when I felt that, like, I was just like, how can we get her involved? And how was it? Cause I think our team felt that, I don't know. It was just a lot of conversations with Karch and, you know, Hey, we're feeling like this, you know, we know she doesn't maybe fit this sports psychologist role, but you know, how can she really add value? Cause we could really feel that. And so I think I was willing to do whatever it was and whatever it took to get the result that we wanted. And, and so I think for me, all those things like led into that. Can you, Jordan, break down some of the concepts that Sue brought to the team as far as building culture? I think she gave us structures to put in place that allowed us to have all these subgroups that connected us throughout the year. So a lot of people don't realize that when we are on the national team, we're on the national team, but when we're overseas, we're overseas. Mm. So the fact that we were meeting once a month for an hour while everybody was overseas was like a massive win. So on these zoom calls, we were allowed to have conversations and each conversation we had built upon something that led to us getting in the gym in April, like already knowing our job and already knowing our task. The interesting fact is that people don't realize you guys spend a large chunk of your year overseas playing in another country. Yep. So China, Europe, Asia, um, Russia. And so you're not with the national team. Like soccer is very different. You come in and out of the national team quite a bit. You guys basically are gone for a chunk of the year. Correct. And, and I, in my 12 years on the national team, I will connect with Karch, right? Like overseas, you know, hey, Karch's watching video. Hey, you know, you'll catch up every now and then. But as far as teammates, it's like, hey, I saw you on, you know, but you're not like meeting as a national team ever. And so the fact that we were doing that, all of a sudden I just felt this, I don't know, we were able to talk about things throughout the year and hash things out. So then once we got in the gym in April, it had been two years since we really competed like with each other we already had structures in place of, Hey, this is the leadership council. Hey, this is how we solve a problem. If you have a problem, you go to someone on the leadership council, leadership council then takes it to cart. So it's like having that clarity and that communication system, like really allowed like a calmness. And like, I don't know, she talks about like dropping the rope. Like if you have issues, like drop it, like leave it at the door, give people mm -hmm. grace. And like, we're here for the bigger picture, whatever she says, like, just, you just do. <laughs> I will follow Sue wherever. Yeah. yeah. So true. Suze, I want to hear from your side. I think, first of all, I thought Jordan did a great job. I think that, you know, when you listen to it, you can hear in her tone that, that she goes back to that place, but from a structural standpoint, because I know listeners are always trying to pick something up, right? So in general, teams are humans. And as a consultant, I come in and I just take the temperature. What type of humans are these? Mm -hmm. Do they care? And are they willing to commit to whatever it is? Uh, my jaw fell on the floor that I couldn't believe these players who are the best in the world. Karch told me these are the best in the world. He believed we were going to be capable of having the, the best 12 when it was all said and done. I couldn't believe how much they cared, mm -hmm. how much they cared about not letting each other down, how much they cared about 
doing the right thing. And then as always, as all high performers have this low burn of an internal fight that they're not enough, they're not good enough, they need to be better. And so we always talk about these micro tensions in our head, these micro tensions with each other, and we don't even know we have them, but that's just a tug of war going on in your head. So let's learn about when we're doing the tug of war and drop the rope and then build in processes for uncomfortable conversation. And so I think an untold part of the story is I went to Karch and said, I'll be your consultant, but I'm not going to have a reporting line to you. And that's unprecedented. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yep, I'll come in, be a part of your team, but I'm not going to report anything to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, who does that? Mm -hmm. And he never even batted an eyelash. He said, I trust you. I trust them. And Mm -hmm. it really started with what's holding us back as an individual and as a team. And the process that I used, the technology I used was anonymous polling and live polling. So we were able to, in, in a matter of moments, unearth our deep, dark secrets and everyone's realizing, oh my gosh, we're all, oh, we all got the same secrets. We're, we're, we're all questioning whether we're good enough because that's what high performers do. They never mm-hmm. are settled. And so if we could insert me and say, hey, now we're going to get really special because now we all know each other's business and we're going to work through processes of getting to know each other and how we solve problems. And so if you want people to get to know each other quickly, put them in a working group in areas that they're interested. If you want mm-hmm. a group to learn to, to align around certain concepts, have them describe what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. Because I think what's interesting is in Jordan, I would love for Jordan to talk about the unique challenge this team had in traveling to Italy, picking the Olympic team and still having to stay in that bubble um, through the end, because that's where I feel like our teammate ship was tested when they started breaking down and, and um, making the final roster. And I, yeah. it's a fascinating when, story. When it goes to, okay, you are the final 12, but everyone else stick around to help them. <laughs> oh, by the way, 13 through whatever, 23, you're also going to be still training with us. Well, we had already defined what is a great teammate after selection. Like, I want you to be very specific. What does it look like that next mm-hmm. day? And what doesn't it look like? Mm-hmm. And what do you need from the coaching staff in the first 48 hours? So they put up all their requests. And then in return, they're going to say, we're going to be great teammates. And mm-hmm. I would love for Jordan to weigh in on that. But the feedback I got from the coaches was phenomenal. They couldn't mm-hmm. believe how everybody slotted in as painful as it was. Like she said, I think we democratized a lot of it. Like it was like, hey, we pulled, we pulled and hey, this is who we want to be a part of the team. Or, you know, we really made it somewhat clear. And so, and like she said, we talked about like, hey, you know, we filled out this thing. Hey, this is, if I don't get what I set out to do, like this is how I want people to react to me or, you know, things right. like that. So it really kind of, helped you like even even for me like I what if I didn't get what I wanted am I going to be how am I going to be on the other end of that so uh, it just made you really reflective and um I and don't know held really people s- accountable really because this is what I said I was going to do and if I don't make the team I'm going to do this going back to your point though that maybe uh listeners will have missed on you had Sue and this blew my mind you had the players pick the team anonymously in a poll and share that with the coaches. So give us just a quick background on that. What we did was we defined, we built the criteria around what makes great teammate, what makes a great competitor and created that list and told the coaching staff, these are going to be the things that they're going to be working towards. I have a really strong opinion that if we don't measure teammateship, It's an intangible, right? For most people, it's an intangible. If we don't measure it in a tangible way, it's difficult for people to value it. Mm -hmm. And I said, Karch, this team has the capability of actually standardizing teammateship. We'll come up with the definition. We'll show it to you. And I believe if they can execute it and show you that this this matters to them, I think this can be a tool for them to pick their teammates. And he said, "I'm, I'm open to it. I, I, I still keep saying the story behind the story is how 
open cart and the coaching mm -hmm. staff was. And that's what we did. And so those 18 were tasked with picking the 12 based on the criteria. Mm -hmm. Each person was to vote for themselves. So that neutralizes people that vote for themselves versus those that don't. And what was fascinating, it was 100% alignment. Oh, 18 that's crazy. And the coaching staff. Um, it was phenomenal knowing, you know, it's easy to pick six out of the 12. It's easy probably to pick nine out of the 12, but man, 10, 11, 12, that is really difficult. I think in my experience and to see them be in alignment was pretty impressive. I, I will say that last three, I always tell the story. I think I've shared this on the podcast probably multiple times, but I'm losing my mind. So I can't remember, but we used to, as captains go in and say to our coach, we would like to pick the last three going into an Olympics or a world cup. And, um, Tony DiCicco on, on the roster. So say it's a roster of 20. We're going to pick 18, 19, and 20. You pick the rest, but we just want you to know who we think those last three should be. Because we found if we got those three right, to your point, Sue, if we got those three right and the chemistry was right and they were all in and bought in on being a great teammate and following the role that they had, then we won Olympics and world championships. And so that's crazy when you said that. I was like, you got to pick all 12. You got to pick the whole team. <laughs> and Karch, you know, Karch is so methodical, right? I mean, the guy is just, his brain is unbelievable. He said, I'm open to it, but you need to understand these are the position breakdowns. So we can't just be picking the fun zone here. Yeah. So, I'm like, I got you, Karch. <laughs> so what are some of the elements that go into building culture? What are the most important things that you need to start with so that the foundation is strong? I think for me, measuring teammateship is for sure a huge, huge thing. Uh, how can you be as a teammate, even when things aren't going the way they want, want them to go or how you dream them to be? Um, and I think one thing that was huge for us was accountability in that as well. Like, how can you hold yourself accountable, but then also be able to hold like your teammates accountable but if you you can't do that if you don't there's no standards in place and so what we tried to do was create those standards and those understanding of hey this is what we value and if we can do that then we have uh accountability to uphold and to uphold amongst each other what were the standards for a good teammate the first thing we did is we first said what's going to be important regarding outside of the talent right so we're not we're not going to go down to the, it's obvious that you have to physically be able to execute your position. But these are the key things that they voted as important. The ability to have great resilience and failure recovery. So this idea that we are gonna have that next play mentality, that was incredibly important to them. To be a good teammate means to care for one another, even if you're not like that other person. And so this idea of this idea of diversity of people and diversity of ideas is actually going to be a great binding to this team. So that, that falls under the caring. The idea that at the end of the day, our relationship with each other, whether it's big, big relationships or little relationships, that is going to get us through hard, that we are going to plow through no matter how hard it gets. And this idea, probably the one thing for me that resonated with all of them because I just got done saying what's the one thing with culture was please don't ever underestimate the value of vulnerability if you can create the conditions for people to be vulnerable sky's the limit on what you can create so I always say it's two two twofold create the conditions for me to be vulnerable okay I just I just did a barf on my my weak voice I just barf this out I'm, I'm a really good player on the national team. I barfed this out. Thank you for letting me, for letting me be heard. But more important now, I'm going to give you grace, unmerited acceptance. I'm not going to hold it against you. That to me is the most important glue is create the conditions for vulnerability for people to be heard. And then for the team to give collective grace. And I believe when we went through our hard challenges, I loved hearing them say, I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to give my teammates grace because we're going to move through this because I was convinced the only thing that could hold this team back was this team. I just, after hearing Cart so confidently talk about 
how talented they were. I said, okay, bring it. We're going to, we know culture overall, it doesn't matter corporate sports, what it doesn't matter culture, team cohesion is driven by two, two levers, how people relate to one another in their relationships and how they compete together in a competitive forum. And so the team learned consistently, what lever are we driving right now? Because this team needed to learn. And I think this is something Jordan can speak to. This team learned to love, fall in love with people that are driven by relationships. That some people have to have the fun zone when they're working hard. And that may not be your plan. If you're driven by performance, you want to gut it out, rip out the jugular, be serious, but I'm not driven by that. And so this team, I thought, did an amazing job of saying, we're going to do it both ways and connect in the middle and no one's going to be able to touch us. We're going to go in there. We're going to get that jewelry. And they did. You, you could see physically that confidence when I, Jordan, we got a, you don't know this, but Jessica Mendoza, who was covering softball, I was there for soccer. We had a day off at, towards the end. So we snuck at away Olympics. at the Olympics in Tokyo. So we snuck away. We went to the wrong arena first. We walked about 400 miles. We went to the gymnastics arena. So we didn't get to you. We were like sprinting to your arena. Like, oh my God, on our one day off, we're going to miss all of volleyball. We just wanted to see women's volleyball. We get to to you on your second I always get this wrong. It's second set because there are no games in volleyball, right? Second set. Okay. Um, Lynn makes fun of me because I get that wrong all the time and it's so busy. And um, and it's against Russia. Uh, Sorry, ROC. And we, the United States, are losing. And Sue and Jess and I are, she's standing there chatting with us like through the little barrier in the stands. And she is so calm. And the subs are like doing their joyful dancing on the side. <laughs> I was like, what the F is going on, Sue? Everyone seems really fine with this. And we're getting swept in this, <laughs> this yeah. match right now. But you were, you had laid that foundation for adversity's going to hit. And guess what? We're going to be fine because yeah. we trust in each other. For sure. And that was the only, that was the only game. Sorry, not game. What do you call them? Match. Yeah. Not a match. Match game. Yeah, you can call it a game, but there's a set for each set. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Sue. I wish that we could have just videotaped the on the practice days. They would get to have a player only meeting. I wish we could videotape that because to see a team, I love to watch a team struggle because then I know how much the principles are intact. Because yeah. we know when you struggle and you're tested, yeah. sometimes you scurry and you, you just, you're going to go back to what you know. The calm, the confidence, the self-deprecating humor that was in that meeting about, well, that was embarrassing. It was like they were so unshakable. And I, if I remember, Jordan let off and it just said, well, that was a mess or something. And then everybody else is like, yeah, you know, it was like a collective, you know, relief. I mean, it's, you've got to understand something that people don't know. There's a, about a 10-year, Jordan, 10-year age gap between Jordan Faluka and, you know, like a Jordan Poulter. And so Mm -hmm. for the listener, that's like your icon is on your team. Like the girl that was in your bedroom poster is now a teammate (laughs) and how they did such a great job of being equals is also the story behind the story. But I think Jordan should speak to that because Russia was, I think, a sign that they had the principles intact. It it just did not shake them. It, if anything, it was like yeah. kind of like funny, embarrassing, but they weren't shaken. And that was really yeah. cool as an outsider. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, when I when I see like the like the age gap, right? And I see like a Jordan Poulter, a, a Haley Washington, and I, I see them uh, just with so much confidence. Like that next day, you know, we had a meeting. It was like we spent maybe 10 minutes talking about the ROC match. But then as, as soon, we just flipped the switch and was like, all right, what are we going to do in practice today to implement things that we can get better at things that we want to change and like more attack mode. And, um, honestly, like I think back to where, when I was a young athlete, my first quad, and if I could have ever had like one, the space to talk never. And two, like just the confidence that like, that they just like portrayed like in those meetings and just, it was very much, how do we, how do we flip the switch and get right back on 
like right back on the train because we're still going this way. There's no, there's no looking back. We're, we're moving forward. So uh, it was a really cool moment um, and something that I'll, yeah, definitely remember. What's funny is, is Jordan talks about how amazing they are, but they'll, when you talk to them, if you talk to Jordan Poulter, she'll say how they created these conditions to be comfortable with them. And so I think it's just always two people can make this thing just be amazing. Team chemistry is a verb. Dr. Colleen Hacker. So what difference did you see, Jordan, in this Olympic team than the previous two? I would say for my first one, I just, I think I was still just like in this like, aha, like I'm playing next to my idol. Like I was still in this like moment of shock and like, do I questioning my, I mean, I, you know, you're always questioning, like, do I deserve to be here? Do I, you know, but there I was like, man, like, where am I? I the, the moment was bigger than what I was. And um, I don't think I fully grasped um, just what I was doing, you know, um, where I, and then I think the second one uh, we had the culture and I think you would have, you know, you asked anybody on that team, like, should we have walked away with the gold? I think a hundred percent, everybody would have said like, everybody was bought, bought in all in like, intangibles everything we had it we just came up short and so to now see the outcome of this and to know that those system not yeah systems and try striving for the intangibles like really do matter and and can win can win championships so mm-hmm. it's that little percentage difference isn't it it really is it's like it's so many little things and and that is going to get you over the hump well, and I think it, that's why it's so hard for me to articulate because it's like, how do you like fully explain something that's like, it's almost like an outer body thing. Like you, but you feel like you're into something that's bigger than you are, but you don't know how to like put it into words, but you're just willing to do whatever it takes. And I think that's where I was always coming from was just like, just drop it, just drop whatever it is. We're here to like beat the other people, not beat on ourselves, you know? What is the biggest lesson you learned from one another that you will take with you for the rest of your life? I, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I will always think of, you're always looking for examples and living examples and role models that I will always remember and use Jordan as an example of, you don't have to become a jerk when you make it to the top because Jordan is just <laughs> to me, epitomizes the girl next door with humility. Oh, please, please please know she'll rip out the jugular better and faster than anybody. But just that idea that she always remembers she stands on the shoulders of others, I think is really inspiring. So that would be mine. Jordan, not the jerk Larson. You're new. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, wow. That's a hard question. I've only known Sue for like the last year and a half, but like, I feel like she's had more impact in my life in the last year and a half than maybe some people have had that have been in my life for a really long time. And I think just how she chooses to live her life, um, just full of joy. And, you know, the fact that she's still out there surfing and just like getting after on the waves, like just such an inspiration as far as, yeah, just how she is and how she communicates and uh the confidence she exudes i think it really like anybody that meets her like she they just love her and um just she always says like i'm in her back like you're in your back pocket so i know that i can always call on her if i ever need anything and and something that uh i will for sure cherish and yeah that's she's amazing i second that i second that love you jordan (laughs) i'll third it (laughs) all right so true Sue's. Well, and she's just a, like a natural leader. Like, I just think that yeah, she just, when I said when she came on the, on the Zoom, like it was just like, she just took over the room. Like, I think there's something to be said about someone you just, yeah. Even if she sat in silence, you know, she's just like, she got your attention. So I, I appreciate that. I think it was the F-bomb she drops a lot. <laughs> For sure. She's authentic. She's authentic to who she is. I think that's great. You know, there is an elephant in the room here. Julie, you spoke to the national team on a Zoom, the national yeah. volleyball yeah. team. And I didn't get a before second call. Sue and clearly, you did not make a, I, an impression I, like I, Sue Inquist did. Carla. It was Carla was with me. She brought me down. I, Julie, I think I emailed you. You might want to check your junk mail. I'm oh pretty sure God. I emailed you. I could have been Sue. Oh, my God. 
like that. Now, now it comes out that I'm sloppy seconds. Yeah, I'll no, take no, no. Sloppy seconds any day. No, no. I, all I just said was like, thank you. And I think I maybe asked a couple questions. Just like, how did, how did you know? And like, and did just I how you respond? were. Uh, I don't think so. It's okay. <laughs> uh oh. Uh-oh. I don't but I, I don't I don't it could have been linear to me. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. Julie is a jerk. No Jordan is no, not the jerk. No. Julie That's, the jerk. Oh no, no, no. But I, I do remember like emailing just like one thanking you and then I, I just I do was remember trying that to, too. You being just, like, oh so nice and gracious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. my, my bad. I'm sorry, Jordan. I let you down. You got Sue. Oh, you know, the truth always comes out on Laughter Permitted. <laughs> there you have it. Okay. Are you up for this moment, Jordan? Uh, I'm not good with these kind of things, but I got my toys. This is the time to do it. Yeah. Ooh. Does what that make got? a noise? Yeah. My Perfect. dog is Perfect. You brought the perfect noisemaker for Solid. this game. Julie, what have you got? Well... Because I am out of form, it's a new season, I do not have a squeaky toy. Swaggy has eaten them all. I do have, you can choose a Vuvuzela. There we go. Or, money bags over here. Piggy bank. Ooh. Ooh. I like the horn. I like the horn also. It's kind of like good. I got bad gas. It's very yeah. fitting. <laughs> yeah? Horn? I'm looking at Lynn because she's the one who has to edit my my <laughs> my bad guess. Yeah, I'll do a yeah. snappy little. Okay, I got a Zella. Suze, what you got? What you I got, got nothing. I'm I'm the umpire. Oh, Suze, get your get your squeaky sister. Let's go. I'm scorekeeper. I got the scoreboard up right now, zero to zero. Actually, Jordan already gets one because she has a brand new gold medal. So Jordan has one. Julie has zero. <laughs> She's got old, tarnished gold. Okay, I'm just going to say, Jordan, I do not have a lot of competitive influences in my life right now, so I get a little heated, inappropriately hey. so, in this game. But it's I'm all good. apologize. I don't fucking care. I, I have my competitive outlet. Heads up, Jordan. Heads up. I suck at trivia, so it, I it's I like it. I'm sticking my chest out. I'm like, heads up. All right, this is a five-question trivia game. Everything's multiple choice. I see that. Yep. If you think you know the answer at any point, you can squeak or horn Vuvuzuela <coughs> in. <coughs> Just practicing. God, it's hard. This could be a Best of five. Here we go. Oh, and the theme. The theme is grab bag. Questions can be about anything. Okay. Question one. Which of these countries has the unicorn as its national animal? Shut up. Someone uh -huh. has a unicorn as its... I love this country. Is it A, Scotland, B, New Zealand, C, Norway, or D, Finland? <laughs> Julie. I sounded first. Oh, you oh, did? You did? Hear. It's fine. Go ahead. It's fine. No, you go, Jordan. C, Norway. Incorrect. <sighs> so what, were the, what were the countries again? Scotland, Norway, or Finland? Finland! Incorrect. Oh, come on! Zero to zero. Scotland, really? Scotland. Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. Number wow, Lynn. two. Wow, Lynn, you're going deep. What? pop vocal group performs at the wedding in the movie Bridesmaids. Oh, come on. Is it A, in Vogue, B, Wilson Phillips, C, in Sync, or D, the Indigo Girls? Wilson Phillips! Correct. <laughs> she is right. Oh, I would have I known remember. if it was the Indigo Girls. So it's at the very that. end of the movie, right? It's the very mm -hmm. end. So mm -hmm. glad I'm just keeping score. Question three, in honor of small town hometowns, shout out to Hooper, Nebraska. That's right. Good job. You said it right. What country star and American Idol winner grew up in the small town of Chicota, Oklahoma? Was it A, Carrie Underwood, B, Kelly Clarkson, C, Jennifer Hudson, or D, Marin Morris? I don't, uh, Jordan. Sorry, can you say it again? 
I want to say it's B. Uh, A, Carrie Underwood, B, Kelly Clarkson, C, Jennifer Hudson, or D, Maren Morris? C. Incorrect. Who was that? Jennifer Hudson? Yeah. B, Mm -hmm. Kelly Clarkson. Incorrect. (gasps) This is a rough one. This is so hard. These are hard. A, Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. God, I would not have thought that. Okay, next one. I'm ready. Lynn is winning. Seriously, Lynn is winning. winning. (laughs) Two to Lynn, one to me, one to Jordan. Question four. What is the length of an Olympic-sized swimming pool? Is it A, 25 meters, B, 50 meters, C, 75 meters, or D, 100 meters? (laughs) Julie. 25? (laughs) Incorrect. Incorrect. (laughs) Come on, Jordan. Jordan. 50, 75, or 100. You got this. Do you know this? You're just lying? You you knew that? You tried to play it? I'm going to say it's 100. Incorrect. 50, 50. 50! I win! <laughs> you know, we're going to question five. It is 50. All right. uh, okay. Dang it. Um, one, one. One, one. All the Gosh. swimmers out there are so disappointing. I know. Oh, disappointing. I'm sorry, swimmers. I need to watch sorry, swimmers. swimmers. Sorry, Katie. Ladecki. Sorry, sorry swimmers. Summer. He's so what, admiring. What country produces the most coffee in the world? Oh, Ooh, I know this one. But it's not what you think it is. Is it A, France? B, Jamaica, C, Brazil, or D, the United States? Jordan. B, Jamaica. Incorrect. Brazil! (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Why did I think it was France? That was painful. It was painful. That was I'm so hands down the most painful perfect oh. word game we have ever played. Maybe I feel like Lynn. I made it too hard. Yeah. I think I changed the channel on yeah. lack of permitted on that. I was here's the I thing. Would. Full disclosure, I was expecting Sue to play, hence I had four options. Uh, uh, well, you should have made Sue play, Lynn, yeah, is what you should have done. Trust me, Sue uh, would not have contributed at all, so it would have been worse. Uh <laughs> Oh, Except the pool. I think I would have gotten the pool right. The 50? I was that's all, that's all I got. 50. You know, but. I'm just saying everyone wins because maybe that was just too challenging. No. I, what are you talking about? I won. The moment was yeah. too big for Jordan. And she I won. It's won. fine. You have, okay. to, you have to admit defeat when, you know, sometimes. Thank you. You're showing Thank a lot you. of grace. Honor your opponent. <laughs> honor your opponent. She played well. Unmerited Thank acceptance. You. Thank you for the grace <laughs> that I did not show. I won! I said I you won! won. Julie Fowdy won. Yes. Julie Fowdy's the winner. She wins nothing anymore, ever. <laughs> Except I do play beach volleyball Monday and Wednesday. If you want to come, that's good. Jordan, she was totally bragging about it the other day. I'm going to throw her under the bus. We were we were in the neighborhood walking, and she was t- she bumped into one of her volleyball friends. It was so cute. Oh, Julie nice. was like, "Yeah, Sue, you need to know. I'm I I play every week. I go. You better tell Jordan because she's going to want to come down and watch or play." Julie, bring your ringer. What if I was like all of a sudden like, hey, you guys, I just have this random friend that wanted to play and <laughs> boom, Jordan comes in. Come so on, you, guys are, you're, you guys are neighbors, basically? What is yes. this? Everyone oh. cool lives in San Clemente. Apparently. Most pressing questions. Why do you wear number 10? I just liked it from a young age and it just stuck with me. There's no reason behind it. No. I just, I've been very lucky that I've had it literally on every team that i've had except one that's pretty impressive i know it's a big number in soccer too so i thought maybe there was like a significance wearing the number 10 in soccer is like you gotta be good yeah no i just i don't know why just from a young age i liked it and just stuck with me so no cool story sue inquest a most pressing question coming your way have you jumped on the Ted Lasso fan train? I am on the train. I don't know if I'm my arms are out the window going Ray, but I do enjoy it. Um, and I think it's kind of growing on me. So <gasps> that is a soft yes. Wait, what do you mean kind of growing? I'm not a big TV person, so it's hard to say, yeah, I'm all in because I, I'm just not a big TV person. Watcher. How many episodes in are you? I don't know, not very many. So 
Um, hmm. get on, get Sorry. on the, get on the Ted Lasso train, sister. You're gonna love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. It is. I'm on the Julie Foudy train with my hands out the window, <laughs> and my pom poms. That's the train I want to be on, and the Jordan Larson train. Those are yeah. the train. Well, they're actually locomotives. Ted Lasso trains better. Quick, most pressing follow up, Sue. Mama E, your mother. What did she say in the morning when she would wake up? Well, when my father passed away, I moved in to take care of my mom. And she would, the first thing she'd say before we'd have coffee, the first thing when I'd see her, she'd say, um, she, she died at 92. She'd say, I got another. And that <laughs> set the tone for my days. So now I wake up every day at 64. And I say, first thing I say before my toes hit the floor, I get another. Oh, set the tone, people. Mama E. Love that. We're all living in a goat rodeo right now. And when your toes hit the floor, just be grateful. We get another. We get another. Okay. And finally, high, low, cheered comes from something we do around the dinner table with my kids that we do it as their high of the day, their low of the day, and someone they cheer for. For you two, you're going to do it together. It's going to be from the Olympics. So the high of the Olympics, the low of your Olympics, and the cheer is for someone you are grateful for at the Olympics. My high beyond being with those amazing women, my high was meeting for the first time uh, Marv Dumpty, who was also a consulting coach and became a dear friend during that. He is by far my high. He's a new treasure for me. Mm. Coaches, uh, he's, he used to coach at Pepperdine. He used to be part of the national team. So Jordan, you do your high and then I'll do my low and blah, blah, blah. This is going to be a, not a lame answer, but uh, I think my high was just to see how our team just functioned. Like it was just effortless and to see how we executed at such a high level consistently for those full two weeks, like just mm -hmm. to be in that moment and to be fully present was, that was, that was my high to come to every day and be like, we get to practice today and we get a, you know, like having that attitude versus like, oh, you know, it's, it's a, it was a good feeling. I love that your answer was process, not outcome. Wasn't yeah. the goal. It was the, how we got there. Ah, yeah. So good. Or that your kill won the gold medal. Yeah. I thought it might be that. Yeah. No. Cause I think that's like, am I going to look back on that moment? Yeah, because I had last point, but I think I'm going to look back on the process, you know, and like sitting on all those Zoom calls, like it was worth it and it was for something and yeah. like it just gave all the stuff purpose and that's, that's what means the most. Love it. Low, Sue. The low would be the, the morning after the Olympics, the low that it's over. That was yeah. by far, because I could have, if Sakarch said, let's go, we got to do a whole, got to go do it again. I'm like, I'm in. I know that the players are going, you crazy? But that was the low, that it was over. Uh -huh. um, I think not having family and friends there, I think that was mm. tough, you know, like for them to fully experience how much time and effort we've put into this, I think for them to like actually witness it in person. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that was tough. Mm -hmm. But it is funny to hear my dad. So my dad took uh, the trip to uh, Florida. They did like a family and friends thing. And uh, when we won the gold, my dad is my dad is a man of few words and he's not a big celebrator person, but it was two 30 in the morning and we won the gold and he's like, we got to celebrate. So he goes down and has a beer in the, in the lobby with the rugby team. And is like, and to see, hear my dad like that is like so crazy, like it just doesn't happen. And so I don't know, it just, to have him there would have been like really cool to like fully experience that. Oh, such pride, I imagine. Okay, and your cheer. For me at the Olympics, it would be all of the community of Tokyo and the staff and the workers in the Olympics that were so warm and so professional, even though we knew the community itself really didn't want to have the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I, I just will always cheer for them how amiable and wonderful and going above and beyond they were. And then my other group would be the coaching staff because without them saying you can do the things you're going to do without a reporting line, that I think is a huge statement. I'll always cheer for those men and women on that coaching staff who are amazing people. That was going to be mine was I think the, the freedom that 
they gave us as players um, to kind of have our own little way of processing and figuring it out ourselves like the fact that they were just like letting us give that space i'm so grateful you could see the joy on i mean the pictures after and then the interview with karch when he's he starts bawling i was like oh 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 it was so evident yeah i'm so just thrilled for all of you women who finally got to the top of that podium deservedly so i think my husband is a head coach at Pepperdine for the men's volleyball team. And he was just, I think there's something to be said that how Sue came in as a strong woman and as a leader and as example to show that like we as women can do that and can do a lot of things that, you know, she has envisioned for us. So um, I don't know. It's, it was a cool like comment by him because I think it's so true. Did you get a honeymoon by the way, Jordan? We went to Vegas for a couple of days. Vegas! <laughs> yeah, we love Vegas. <laughs> That is so rad. Vegas, baby. As if I could love Jordan anymore. Didn't think it was possible. Uh, I have one, one discovery to announce. Mm-hmm. Lynn, mm-hmm. I went back after we discussed her emailing me and not, me not returning her email. And oh, I was right. like, oh my gosh, capital J jerk. Why didn't you respond to her email? So I went and found it. Guess who responded? Guess who? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a jerk. Aww. Okay. I know. I was very proud of myself. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. It didn't sound like you did not respond. Phew. Whew. I was stressing about that. I went straight to my emails. I was like, oh, my God. How could I have not responded? I remember her writing the nicest email to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I wrote a really long, nice email back. So Aww. I'm very proud of myself. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, that one. that's the Julie not a jerk Foudy that I know and love. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, takeaways. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot of takeaways uh, because I just love this idea around building culture. Um but mostly it's the it's about the power of laying the groundwork for culture and chemistry. And to get to that next level, because I think this is applicable to every single person listening, because we all have teams or groups or companies that need better culture. But to get to that next level, you have to love and trust and honor and value the ones you're around. And you have to be intentional about it. It takes work. And to hear from Sue and Jordan on the work that they put into that. And so that, as Jordan said, when they got together in April before the Olympics, they could just jump right in to being the best possible versions of themselves because they already trusted in each other. Uh, it becomes your superpower. And it doesn't surprise me, obviously, that they then go on to win gold, their first ever for USA Women's Volleyball. Mm. Tremendous. Your takeaway, Lynn? My takeaway is in honor of Sue. And I'm going to make a Ted Lasso reference. (laughs) This is kind of a deep cut Ted Lasso reference because I'm actually going to reference an interview, Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted Lasso, uh, a podcast he did with Brene Brown. Ah. So on on this podcast, he talked about how in the opening credits of Ted Lasso, Ted sits in a chair and it changes the environment around him. And fans Mm. of the show will know exactly what I'm talking about. And that made me think of both Sue and Jordan, that they are environment changers. They go into a situation and they change it. Mm, That is good. Thank you. I like that. I'm visualizing the seat colors changing Mm -hmm. from the Ted Lasso open, right? And Mm -hmm. the power to affect your environment. Very good. Well done. Thank you. Now it's time for questions permitted. What do we got, Lynn? I am going to keep on the Ted Lasso train because I am on the fan Mm. train. I might be driving the fan train. Well, I might be, Mm -hmm. I don't know what second in command would be to the person driving a train because really you're Mm -hmm. the one who got me on the train to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm driving that damn train for sure. A lot of train talk. So this is a, this is a Lynn Ozawi original question to you. What is your pitch to people who haven't watched Ted Lasso? Oh, what is my pitch to people? Oh, now I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't even pitch it. I'm like, 
get get your shit together. Let's go. Get and watch it. I mean, the one thing they'll all say when I say that, they're like, I don't have Apple TV. I'm like, it's worth it. Get it Apple TV. 100%. It is worth it. Yes. Um. Yeah, so I don't even pitch anymore. I just get super aggressive. <laughs> That's not really the Ted Lasso way. That's like lead, lead t- tasso. That's lead the lead tasso, tasso way. <laughs> Do you remember when he goes lead tasso? He turns to Coach Beard and he's like, I got to go lead tasso. Yeah, yeah. It's time to go lead tasso. So yeah, I turn lead tasso on people. When they don't watch it, I'm like, what? Come on. To me, it sounds Roy Kent-esque. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I kind of get like, I growl. Mm-hmm. It kind of starts squaring, and I get way too judgy. Ted wouldn't be proud. I'm sorry, but get on the train, people. Get on the train. That's all I got to say. Another episode in the books. Thank you, as always, for listening. A shout out to our sponsors, Ally and Dix. Please go support them. They are awesome companies doing great work. And thank you as well to Kate Diaz for our theme music. Don't forget to let us know what you think of our little podcast. We love the comments and ratings. Share it with a friend as well while you are at it. And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. I get another.